What is up and welcome to Beyond the Arc. I'm your host, Brandon Silvers. Hey, hey, hey. Mika. Yeah. What is going on? What's not going on? Oh, man, <laughs> this has been a whirlwind of a week. Week, month, I don't even know what day it is. Um, from the news cycle to the personal, things have just been all over the place. Yes, I don't I don't know either. I'm ready for this mm-hmm. This holiday weekend, even though I'm not really celebrating. I know. You going somewhere? No. These, I'm just going to sit down. <laughs> Airplane prices and delays. I'm like, nowhere. Gas no way. prices. Yeah, I know. I might just, just scroll through. There's got to be like a YouTube video of a vacation that I can just look at. <laughs> might as well. You take it back to the early days of COVID, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so speaking of vacation, this has nothing to do with vacation. But. Hiatus. Yeah, stepping away. Yes. Uh-huh. It's almost like a permanent vacation. What would you call that? Uh, oh, God. Death? N- um, oh, that, that got dark quick. It did. No, you're talking about shifts in the Beyond the Arc podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, Ooh, yeah. this will be Mika's last regular episode, yes. I would say. Yes, and I'm very sad. I'm not going to play any sound effects. Um, Yeah, last regular episode, Um, I've I've had... Uh, a great time editing and engineering and producing this podcast. It really did help enhance my skill set, seriously, as a a content creator. So I want to say thank you for being receptive. (laughs) No. uh, To the idea of like, hey, you should talk on the microphone. (laughs) This has been incredible for me Mm because like you said, you did did raise this idea. And then I just remember like the first time the Brian Flores conversation oh. and I was like, it felt like playing basketball again. Right. And, and you've been so good at hyping me up behind <laughs> the scenes, helping me grow, giving me feedback, giving me microphones, <laughs> like whatever I needed, Aww. you gave it to me. And so it really, I'm someone who thrives off of uh, me against the world. Yes. So I don't always accept support. <laughs> Like that, especially when it's all in my face, but I really appreciate it. And I hope to be emotionally mature enough one day to express that better. No, you're fine. I thought that, you know where I thought I messed up? I thought like, um, I didn't approach it too much. I didn't approach it enough like Coach Johnson. Shout out Coach Johnson. I felt like I should have been tougher. Maybe you out there running laps <laughs> with a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Carry this audio interface right above your head and run eight laps. No, no, I mean, but I think we have had very candid conversations, though. Yes, you know, and I again, it, I appreciate that. I really do. That means a lot to me more than people know. Like I really did try to pour in to this thing so that we could get good things out. Yeah. Um, and I think we did that. I think we. No, I, I believe we did, too. I do, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is sad, <laughs> but I'm still working to get Mika on every now and then. Yeah. I know you got some big things planned, so I'm going to have to try to sneak into your schedule. We just got to We got it. Look, it's going whatever it is, y'all just stay tuned. That's all I'm going to say. Yes. Stay tuned. So and stay tuned to Beyond the Art because Mika has done a good job of mentoring. So I think I can continue on maybe not quite to the audio expertise, but I think I can do all right. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's going to be yours. And that's the most important part. So for for, for those who've been like committed and dedicated listeners, I think what you know, what you can expect, I can make this, I guess, I imagine that you're going to bring the same level of preparation and seriousness to putting out good quality content. I have faith in you 
And um, I'm not going to leave you hanging. No, yeah. no. I know that. And I know you would not push me out the nest. No. If I were not ready to fly a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but this could be like a season finale. Yes. Yeah. Like a season finale. Just got to regroup. How many episodes? What's this been, like 20 episodes? 20 episodes. Think Look about that. Us. That's like those old sitcoms back in like the early aughts. Where like I was just watching like uh, Ugly Betty season one. And I'm like, damn, what episode? I'm like... Episode 20. It's still going on. Right. Nowadays, you get like 10 episodes. Like, so I think we did good. No, that's my high school number, 20. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. So this is full circle. Oh, okay. Here we go. Is that Gary Payton? Yes, be the glove. <laughs> but speaking of Beyond the Arc news. Okay. So, Mika, there's been a lot of old media versus new media talk. What would you consider what I'm doing here at Beyond the Arc? I think you're part of the new media. I think so, too. I think you and I, I'm a streamer, uh, uh, you know, a Twitch streamer and, and podcaster. You are a podcaster and you create other. Con I know you're going to be creating other content in the future. I'm going to do it. Yes, you will. <laughs> so, I think we're part of new media as well. Mm -hmm. And. I've seen this just with everything going on in politics. There's been a, a kind of a huge conflict between the old and the new media. Um, Can I say it feels a lot like fake news? You're correct. You're like, <laughs> to, what's going on? To interject this like really problematic phrase in this, but um, that's but I use that because it feels like an improper framing. Yes. And a clumsy conversation had by some of the, the leading sports figures. Yeah, I just want to say that. So for those who don't know, yes. <laughs> for me, the current iteration of the quote unquote old media mm -hmm. started uh, after school. I would come home. I would watch Pardon the Interruption with right. Tony Kornheiser and Mike Wilbon. Oh, OK. So you're talking. About, OK. All right. Here you're giving us a little origin story. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon, and welcome to opening day in this bizarre television experiment. And I'm Tony Kornheiser, and if we can have a TV show, you can have a TV show. All right, I get it, I get the it. The OGs, I believe they were both columnists with the Washington yeah, Post. exactly. They brought the, the credibility. This is when ESPN used to hire a lot of columnists and journalists. Yeah, yeah. highbrow, high-level. Yeah, bobbly, you know, sports reporters, you know. Mm. So they would do like two minutes on each topic throughout the day, and it never really got super super aggressive they would just kind of debate sometimes, sometimes they got a little get, yeah they get a little salty a little, little aggressive um but no 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 it was it was a, it was a daily this is the thing it was a daily afternoon sports show so not sports center which is your highlights and just straight sports this was opinion yes right and so a lot of a lot of the that a lot of the that i guess the framework of pti part in the interruption is a de sports debate show led by two journalists who are men of a certain age, especially now they've aged even more, but yeah. they were mature uh, columnists with very, very, very big opinions, like yes. strong opinions. Yeah. Very strong opinions. Yeah. Um, and, and from there, I guess ESPN was like, okay, this kind of works. Yeah. So oh. th then we went to first take which would, was right. cold pizza right but then it I went the first take. i pizza. did love cold pizza too i just love dana was it dana jacobson, jacobson. yes yeah and, and that guy with jay the crawford yeah with the two different color eyes i love cold pizza cold pizza yeah. and that was good <laughs> and then they were like espn was like okay this is good but, but we're gonna take it up a notch <laughs> we're gonna take this is now first take enough cold pizza First, I think it was the success of PTI. And again, we got to get the chronology straight, but I think, no, PTI definitely came before first take. 
And I think the success of two people going head to head, the rundown on PTI, you knew what to expect, you knew what yeah. they're going to talk about. I think that they tried to kind of create that, but in the morning. Yes. <laughs> and what a way to wake up. Wow. So <laughs> Skip Bayless. Oh, yes. Who's, whose brother is a famous chef, actually. I didn't know Rick that. Bayless. Like, I used to watch the shows before I really? had cable on PBS. Uh, very into uh, Hispanic, Latinx culture and food. I, I, so. Oh, you know what? They, are they from Texas? Cause they, right? Cause they, yeah, somewhere in Texas, Oklahoma. Old, Skip Bayless, for those who don't know, he is also a member of the, the old, old media. media. Um, you know, he found a new lane, though. But but Skip is a big uh, cowboy, Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys fan. And Spurs fan. Yes. That's why I asked about the whole, yes. sorry, let me the sidetrack. So he, Skip, covered <laughs> the Cowboys for a while. Right. And wrote in his book insinuating that Troy Aikman was gay. Yeah. That so was... he's always had these problematic, like, hot takes. Right. And he, Troy he... Aikman asked his attorney how much it would cost if he were to punch Skip Bayless in the face. So Skip gets under, for those who don't know, Skip currently gets under everybody's skin. Yes. And we see it for what it is. It's performance. Performance. Yeah. And so taking it back, though, before, I guess, before Twitter fingers, he was out there authoring books with some pretty yeah, out there takes. And uh, he so I, I guess he knew that he had to stand out by kind of being incendiary and irritant. and irritant, I guess. Yeah. And so they were like, man, if he can make people this mad in print, mm-hmm. we need to put him on camera. Yes, I think I think it's a, before you continue on with that thought. I think it's a convergence of what we a convergence of social media. Yeah, um, you know if you if you study like anything like the Kardashian phenomenon, you'll see that it doesn't matter if you click or watch because you hate it. Hate clicks and li- and and views are the same as positive clicks and views. Yep. So ESPN figured that out and like okay, they hate to watch this dude. They love the they love to hate. This dude, let's put him. Let's put him on prime time. And I feel like the hate clicks are like it's easy to get people to hate you. I think. Yeah, no, it's it's more. Um, I think it has more traction when you hate something. Yes. Yes. So I mean, I mean, we're talking about Skip now because we hate him. <laughs> That's right. So he he really rose to prominence for me mm-hmm. off of two athletes, and he handled them each very differently. Mm-hmm. So number one was Tim Tebow, mm-hmm. the old Florida quarterback. White, super Christian, born oh, of you, you, I, I'm not a Tebow fan, but but you, you bearing the lead. Isn't he the most decorated like college athlete or isn't he the most celebrated? He is. Yeah, he is. So don't do That's that fair. to him. I was that was the old media jumping out of yeah, me. Yeah, look at you hot taking it. No, <laughs> but no, no, no. Go, go, go. No. So two two specific athletes really did it. Really shaped Skip's uh, persona, his television persona. So you're right, Tebow. Most decorated collegiate athlete, college football player, probably ever. Mm-hmm. Now, when he went to the pros, this is where Skip really took up for him. Yeah. Not really made for a pro NFL offense. Right. And Skip was like leading the charge to where I think it was a detriment to Tebow's career. Oh, oh I never thought about that. Yeah, where ah. Skip's like leading these huge charges to get these teams to start Tim Tebow at quarterback. Right. To where Tebow was now a distraction to the teams he was uh, on. You know what? He did create that that frenzy around. He helped contribute to it. Yes. yes. And it was just like, what, what are you doing? I know Tim Tebow, I don't know how he felt about it personally. I haven't been able to really find anything and he would never tell you the truth no, because he's he a wouldn't. good Christian man. Right, right. Um, right but right. that's that's what he did with Tebow. And then also on the flip side, mm. you got LeBron James. Yeah, which is very, this is the part where I can't stand. I had to literally turn the television off. He yes. 
hates LeBron James. Yeah, and I just want you all to know, like, you already said it. Tim Tebow, Caucasian. LeBron James, African-American. Okay. Just want to bring that in. Just, 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 put, just, just want to put just that leave in. it there. And you can take all the stuff that you want with Lil Wayne. We know what that's about, too. Mm-hmm. Right? But like, just want to put that there. Just Because yeah. Yeah, so, one, one, one athlete, one stellar athlete transitioned from high school to a professional league. Yes. Seamlessly. And led his team fairly quickly to championships. Uh, or at least to playing for he, such a, he was competent on a pro level to put it in the most basic terms. As a damn teenager? Yes. <laughs> and Tim Tebow couldn't really, you know, decorated, missed all Amer- all American, you know. Heisman Trophy winner, national know, champion. John 316, I'm praying on the field. Yeah, and you know, I, I'm, I'm helping some murderers too on my team. The, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out Aaron Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, mm-hmm. Not shout out, actually. Uh, yeah. Uh, huh. Never mind. Edit. Cut that. Yeah. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. <laughs> but yeah, Tebow, the original kneeler for on the right, NFL right. Oh, before Kaepernick. Yeah, the image of, a, you know, the great white hope, you know, coming to save it, couldn't really transition to the pro. But it's no. interesting how the, the, his commentary, like how dug in he was on Tebow and how ruthless he is with LeBron. Just. Just hammers LeBron to this day. As if constantly. he's not the GOAT. <laughs> <laughs> you and Trey, you and Trey about the body <laughs> slip. <laughs> Last week. Yeah. So, Sorry. So then moving on, what, what ESPN realizes, we need a formidable opponent uh-huh. for Skip. Right. Careful. Go ahead, Skip. I'm listening. You ready? You, yes, I am. Sit you back down in that chair. I'm sitting Lean up, back Skip. in that I'm chair. I'm sitting. You better be careful. So they got someone who you are very familiar with. Yes. As a former resident of the Philadelphia metro area, former resident of Philly, um, Stephen A. is someone who I've, I, I, was, I, grow, I grew accustomed to his work in sports media through the, the Philadelphia Inquirer. And he was legit. Yeah. I kind of looked at him like... Like I'm trying to name a columnist now because all columnists are gone now. But like, like um, you know, just just entering. Um, I'm trying to think, Lupica or, you know, uh, what's the dude, Mitch Album? Like, like it's something like that, but not as as not on that level of Mitch Album. But yeah, yeah, pretty solid. And then he just turned into Skip's yelling partner because yeah. I remember Stephen A. from Quite Frankly when yeah. he had the show. Oh yeah, on ESPN two, and that got canceled. Yeah, that and didn't that didn't do. Uh-uh. So well. No. So I wonder how much that played into him kind of reinventing himself. I will say this. All right. So for both Skip and Stephen A, they understood the assignment. Yeah. This is TV. You don't get on TV being, you don't stay on TV being a nice guy with, uh, you know, middle of the road analysis. You, you stay on, especially in this, I think they got lucky, but I also think they assessed the state of American politics and discourse. So whether it's politics or whether it's just any discourse, people just like to have these definitive stances. They believe people believe in, um, absolutes. And I think both Skip and Stephen A, they read the room, they understood the assignment and they're like, you know what? We're going to take, we're going to take these really ardent stances on these arbitrary ass topics. Yeah. And it really, (laughs) it's, it was made to really appeal to the masses, in right. my in my opinion. Like yeah. They weren't doing super high-level analysis. Not at all. Uh, it was just yelling about opinions, like right. we tried to do with you about MJ versus LeBron last week. <laughs> you tried, yeah. And so I think they were trying to replicate like how you would talk with your friends at the bar or the yes. barbershop. Yes. And just times a million. With a splash of racial animus uh, sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you could tell that for real, for real. 
um, that racial animus part when they introduced when they were introduced like if if Skip left or there was a break like like having um Will Kane up and oh, everyone God. knew his pop he didn't have to go to Fox. Yeah. To know that Will King was extraordinarily conservative and had certain points of views that really, really kind of got under your skin. But I, I say I want to go back to your barbershop analysis. I think you're right. But I also think that it was a spicier version of PTI because those two those two men, Kornheiser and Wilbon, they're very opinionated and they're very hard to move off of their um, particular point of view, but they worked together and they knew each other. And yeah. there's reference there where they sound like more like uncles kind of going back and forth but they love each other um whereas you know or you know have some sort of professional affection whereas Stephen A and Skip they felt like are like just enemies yeah and the whole setup now that you're talking yeah. about it yeah. was was I, this had to be on purpose too yeah. but you got a black guy and oh, a white yeah. guy oh, yeah. and always a, a woman moderator mm, I, I'm glad they took away well they still got Molly on they still got well they still got them all of them yeah every show because there's been more and more now like we're talking yeah. about first take but Skip moved on to to Undisputed with right. Shannon Sharp right which is what I consumed a lot of during the pandemic more than I like to admit yes I like I like Shannon Sharp Shan- yeah I yeah. like Shannon too yeah. um, and so these these shows are just popping up more and more with these hot take artists with the, like, yeah with the cute uh, moderator in the middle yep. right yeah so, so I wonder what I need to look into the psychology of that yeah. what they're trying to do to me yeah <laughs> to the to the to the quintessential viewer yeah 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 and to <laughs> your point you mentioned earlier this is a performance like yeah. i've heard Stephen a talking about it at length yeah. and i've heard people talk about Stephen a about he is the goat because yeah. he is the best at entertaining yeah. in this form that's why that's why when um a lot of this whole uncle tom sellout i i totally jumped off that train like i have i have some valid critiques about Stephen a and his contributions to hot take culture um but sellout no the bro the brother is it, i say this because I, I say unpopular things about black people all the time here in charleston um including this week especially um but i say that because i know I know how I feel about my community. And I, again, Stephen A's work is legendary. Just look it up in terms of even before the radio shows, before the television shows, you know, you, I can't, I don't think it's fair to question his commitment to black, the black community. Um, and I think that comes up because he's saying unpopular things about people we like. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right in that. And he, even further than that, before he got into, into journalism mm. i was listening to his interview with jj reddick on Ooh. the old man and the three. Oh, i gotta hear that i would love to hear it that it was so good because he was is it talking old about or new? it is it is uh within the past month okay I say. Oh, so that's it's, good. it's yeah. really good okay and he was just talking about how you know he played college basketball for clarence big house games oh wow at what was it north carolina a t i think it was hbcu oh i didn't know that and he he played for this coach and he started working for the news the student newspaper and he had to criticize coach oh. Gaines. oh oh wow i didn't know and okay yeah. coach Gaines was like everyone was giving <laughs> Stephen a hell and coach Gaines was like he's that's how he feels like yeah. you got to let it if he's he's being honest right and that's how he feels so you got to respect it and yeah. he came and told me he was going to write this article right and why he was going to write it and he did it right and he was true to his word so y'all got to let it rock right 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 okay huh i gotta go back and listen to that and it I was th- really good and that's informative and, and again i think i think okay so it's part it's partly Stephen a's fault 
he is a caricature of himself. He, yeah. he is not, that's not how he talks in real life. That's not how like, he probably talks about sports at the cookout. God, I hope his family and loved ones do not make him show up that angry. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> I have a feeling that he doesn't do any of that crap with all that money he has from ESPN. I have a feeling he relaxes when he's not on camera. But no, but I think that that's important to, to hear the origin story. Because we have a tendency, especially now, to reduce anyone we don't like to just like who like to the one or two instances where we've had like an unfavorable experience. Yes. And that's not that's not it. And even like I didn't like I like CJ McCollum. I think he's extraordinarily bright. I think he's a gifted player. He did really well with the Pelicans, I say all that to say. I didn't like him taking a dig at Stephen A's commitment to the black community. I thought that was just really a low blow. Yeah. And that's yeah. That's something that's specific to the black community because yeah. you never hear someone like, well, I question Skip's commitment to the white right, community. Right, right, exactly. You, exactly. We, and, and again, I, I face that a lot. I get I get yeah. called an Uncle Tom sellout and it's just, the, it, it really gives me whiplash because it's just really, really weird. But like, that's that's just not cool. That's not fair. And I think, I think, and me and the homie was talking, we were talking about this this week. Stephen A gets under skin because he be right. He, he's got he, good sources. So that's what he was saying in the JJ podcast. He, he got was like, good hey, sources. I'm not putting out nothing that someone hadn't confirmed to exactly. me. Exactly. And as someone who I know people might say, oh, she just yells on the mic every week. And then, and then. No, no, no. I got, I know how it feels to have good sources and you can't say how or who, but you know the facts. I bet that's such a great feeling. It is a good feeling. That's why when someone calls me a liar, it doesn't. Now I'm going to push back. But at the end of the day, I'm like, yeah, you wish I was lying. Someone yeah. hit me with some rumors and some real information, please. I want to have that feeling just <laughs> You'll once. Get it there, doesn't bro. Be nothing big. You'll get there, bro. It's You'll like, get- oh, it's going to rain tomorrow. Yeah. It's like <laughs> Rob Fowler has hit me up or something. I don't know. You'll get there. <laughs> I think you're going to be a trusted media voice here. Um, I Hopefully, it'll transcend the low country, but I think you'll be a, a trusted media voice. And yeah. you know why? Because yeah. Because I'm not going to devolve into this hot take media culture. You, well, you're going to miss the bag then. No. <laughs> you're going to be broke. I will not put my integrity Boy, ahead. If you don't get up here and start yelling, get a suit. This manufactured <laughs> debate, I will never. You, I, I, for, Honestly, I'm going to be real. I don't know why. You know how big a high school and collegiate sports is in this, in this region. I don't know why we don't have a southern version of hot take or, or you know, of a hot take show. I'm like... Because we in South Carolina oh. are above that. We are a highbrow people. Could you get into character? Never. I could never do this. Welcome to Hard in the Paint, where we look at today's sports beefs and decide who's the winner and who's the loser. I'm your host, Brandon Silvers, and I'm joined by Mika Gadsden. Mika, what's up? <laughs> what's up uh, what's going on so our first topic today mm. is kd versus Shaq, mm, the big it. diesel yes so on his the big podcast wait i didn't say my part oh the slim reaper <laughs> yeah there we go nailed it oh man see we're okay. good at this okay go go, go 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 on his they, the big podcast they're never gonna know that we're not like they're never gonna you're right. Okay. Ooh. Shaq came at Rudy Gobert's contract and admitted that retired players get salty like this beef when they see guys they think they were better than making it that kind of money. And then KD was like, hold up. Why are you pocket watching? That man, let that man make his bread. 
Word. And this really stems from Shaq backing up his co-worker, Charles, the round mound of rebound, Barkley, who called KD not a bus driver in his championship runs. Oh. And KD called Chuck broke. Oh, you know, well, you know, you know, Chuck does like the gamble. So I wouldn't, I would actually believe KD. I'm inclined to believe him on that one. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's true, Chuck. Mm -hmm. Seek seek help. Yeah, yeah, y'all got to stop. You, Jordan. Yeah, and even Drake, y'all got to stop gambling. Stop gambling <laughs> yeah, so much. Yes, okay. Now, Chuck, I will say Chuck is the the standard in media today. Yeah. He is the standard in terms of punditry, I think. Yeah, yeah. We have former athlete turned commentator, whatever you want to call it. You're him. right. I Ath left out you and myself. Right. So. It, it, oh, not us too, right? Yeah. We're the new, you know, gold standard. Right, absolutely. So whose side are you taking in this Katie and Shaq beef? I'm going to take Kevin Durant's side. mm I didn't even wear lotion today. That's how committed I am. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Not the kicking flower ankles. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's looking like one of those dried up lakes because the climate change. KD. So, well, I think you're wrong. I think you're dead wrong because okay. I think Kevin Durant is lame. Okay. That's a great start to yeah. this conversation. I think he's lame. I think that he's still mad over the bus driver comments. And I think he's mad because he knows it's true. He was not a bus driver in any on any of his teams, honestly. You know what? You're not going to get me to defend KD's less than shining moments, right? I'm not going to defend his lack of lotion using. I'm not going to defend his thin skin, use of a burner. But what I would defend wholeheartedly is his right to express himself as a newer like a newer generation who's out here earning more money, who's out here leveraging uh, you know, marketing deals in ways that former players have never done. So I think that when it comes to Chuck and Shaq, I think they're speaking on something that they don't really have an understanding of. Would you I no, mean that's fair. KD okay. does make money. He does. But some of it is crypto, but we, we ain't gonna talk about that. We ain't gonna talk about that scam. No, no that's a scam. But okay, okay. I'm, I'm not even gonna, even yeah. though I'm on the opposing side of this argument, yes, I'm not even gonna touch the crypto thing okay. because, right. Oof. but KD is always coming at the media, right? He's very okay. Again, I can't really defend everything. Uh, what drives KD to defend himself so strongly against the media, not even the media, but against regular people on Twitter. <laughs> From multiple Twitter accounts. Right. He like he likes to let third-party perception come into his dome. But I get it. You know what? When you dedicate your entire life to a craft, they don't see the struggle. They don't see your mom struggling. They don't see, you know, the time you spent out there on the court. They don't see the sprained ankles, the injuries, all of that. All they see is you on television, and they think they have the right to give their opinions at, you know, nonstop on Twitter or nonstop on TV. Enough's enough. No, enough's enough of KD. This man, first of all, he's got a podcast and all he does is lie on it or say nothing. Those are his two options. I, lie or say nothing. I think, you know, I mean, you know, people are entitled to their opinions and also, you know, perception is reality. If that's how he sees the world, that's how he sees it. And I just think that, look, we want so much from athletes. They got our... Well, how many games a season? 80, 80 what? 82 games. 82 games. This man's coming off a, a significant injury a couple years ago. He's giving all he, he has, not just in the regular season, but the post. Well, maybe. Well, maybe. 86 games because they got swept. <laughs> but they give so much. Like, how much more do you want from these players? I want him to be respectful to his elders, specifically Shaq 
who is also a little bit sensitive himself. Oh, but yeah. The and smallest Charles big Barkley. Man, the smallest big man in the world is Shaq. Yes, I get you. I don't know. I think you have to earn respect. And I do think that sometimes the distance between the distance between the game, like the distance between Shaq and the game, the distance between Barkley and his game, his error, I think that that informs their analysis, if you want to call it that. Um, I think that, again, they being out of the game so long, they don't have a grasp on the challenges and the nuances of being a player in this modern era. That's true because they didn't have to contend with everything on social media as well and right. as well as the other being pulled in a million different directions. Right. And but, I, I want to say this before you say but. I want to say this. I don't think, well, we had it harder is analysis. That's, that's not true. analysis. I don't care that you had to fly commercial. I don't care that you your shoes weren't as cushy and, 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 and colorful. I don't care that you didn't have treatment after each game or whatever. I didn't care if you, did, you had to do hella back-to-back games and then get on the plane. So what? So you want, we want the players, the modern era, to suffer? It's, the game is evolving. Shaq, Barkley, all of them have to evolve with the game. Okay. I feel like it was harsh of me to call Kevin Durant a liar. I want to walk that back. Yeah. I'm going to apologize to Kevin Durant right now. Kevin Durant, you're a good friend of mine. I apologize. (laughs) But you do make some good points. But let's get to the core of why he was salty and ashy. Okay. Um, The bus driver comments. Yes. Do you think Kevin Durant is a bus driver, meaning that he's the, the, the guy who leads his team to championships? Or do you think he is a bus rider? I want to reject the premise of the question, okay? Because yeah. this hegemonic male masculinity bullshit, that's what's really at the root of this whole bus driver analogy that who came up with? Shaq? Uh, Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley did. And okay, I get it. Alpha male, <laughs> beat my chest. I'm the leader of the team. I'm not using lotion. Right. <laughs> I. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Okay. So I I think that a lot of it is just this bullshit toxic masculinity cloaked or disguised as analysis. You want Kevin Durant to be something he physically is not. He's not a dominant big man. Yes, he's damn near seven feet. Yes, you know, he's he's gifted as well. Y'all want him to occupy a a role that went out in 1999. Like, it doesn't exist anymore. This bus driver... (laughs) Bus driver, we're in hybrids now, right? We're not we're in more fuel efficient things. We're not on buses per se. We're flying a little differently right now. And I just feel like they're in this old antiquated vehicle, right? And they want players from the modern era to go like get in some sort of fucking magic school bus maybe and go back in time and be them. Mm -hmm. That's just not that's just not it. It's just not gonna happen. And KD doesn't have to give them or doesn't have to he doesn't have to comply with their standards. Okay. Wrong. All right. <laughs> KD is not a bus driver. This is referenced by the fact we're staring at the TV <laughs> waiting to see because oh, he yeah. demanded a trade. Yes, he did. Okay. Because he needs to be on a new bus. Right. We're going to talk about why a little bit later. Okay. But he's not a bus driver. He may be, to your point, a Nissan Leaf driver. <laughs> but he's certainly not a bus driver. And it's time that he accepts it. You can tell it bothers him. You went to Golden State after they beat you. You won your rings. That didn't bring you happiness or joy. See, this is a Boo-hoo. Tw- this Twitter argument. That's Boo-hoo. A, that's a that's Twitter argument. That's what I'm argument. doing now. This first, is hard in the paint. First of all, he ain't in a Nissan Leaf. He's in a driverless vehicle. It's autonomous. And that's what, make, that's what makes Shaq 
and Barkley and all these old curmudgeons mad is because they do have more autonomy. They have more agency than they ever had. And that's the truth of the matter. I think, look, why can't we accept? And now maybe KD, I'll admit, maybe he has trouble accepting what kind of leader he is. But why can't we accept that some of your best players are not going to be that alpha male, not going to be that 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 really um, loud and vocal leader? They might be more sensitive. They might be more prickly and they might have burner phones and and stuff like that. They might continuously go back and forth with the egg on Twitter. It's, I, I will take a little bit of that if the output is going to be Kevin Durant, you know, once in a lifetime generational talent. I'll take it. Well, a guy who does it perfectly without doing <laughs> all LeBron. the responding. I agree. LeBron no, I is, is the goal. Yes. No, 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 no. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. Oh, get out Same of here. Same type leadership, but you never see him. You just see shady no. photos of him in strip clubs for some reason. Wait, really? Yeah. Wait. <laughs> and with the same blank expression on his face. I love he don't it. even react to he Don't to give you nothing. I Nelly love it. with the jelly. He doesn't react to anything. <laughs> no, Kawhi I, Kawhi is an enigma and I think that that works for him though. Um especially with I don't even know when is he going to play ever again? Like No, uh, probably not. How many years was he out? Seriously, I'm not even That's a good question. Okay, anyway. So anyway, I don't have but, no idea. It's been forever. Kawhi Kawhi is legendarily like just quiet and under the radar. Hard to decipher, but I think that works for him and his brand. He's a fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, okay, so I think we battled to a draw. Uh, no, no. You're right, I won. I was trying to be modest. <laughs> you almost won, but you, eh, yeah. But I do think, in all serious, seriousness, you were, you were right. Like, the older generation, yeah. they need to understand things are a little bit different now. These guys, they react differently to things. Right. Like, this is just how things go. And probably in the future, KD will be doing the same thing to young guys that is being done to him now. Yeah, and now I just, like, okay, so we were just trying, trying to mimic hot take culture right and use a use an argument use a, a relevant example this beef between kd is it beef i won't even call it beef this little kerfuffle between shaq and kd um but i honestly do have i do have reservations about how kd engages with not just the game but with other people um but i i'm just not as critical because he's a human being and like okay have your moment of human frailty. Yeah. Well, this nuance is boring. So let's move on to the next topic. <laughs> so Kyrie Irving, is he the real puppet master? Does he manipulate the media? No. The answer, the short answer, no. But yeah, let's hear it. No. You're wrong. He does. Look, he got everyone to report on these Ooh, trade rumors. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Everyone, Kyrie told you one thing and you went and reported on it, believing him, taking him at his word, following him to the corners of the earth, falling off those corners, because as we know, <laughs> it's flat. So, no, he did it perfectly. Look at how, like, that was the talk for the beginning of the week is Kyrie Irving is leaving Brooklyn. Watching you, a grown man, just flail around this apartment, acting crazy, trying to defend this bullshit. It, honestly, I'm, I'm starting to lose a little bit of respect for you, bro. No, yeah. I'm losing respect for you. Sound like a puppet right now. <laughs> I sound like a puppet. You sound like a puppet you know, right you now. Know what, and really? I like puppets. Like I'm a fan <laughs> of puppets. I had a stuffed <laughs> Miss Piggy as a child. <laughs> I sound like a puppet. Let me tell you something. You know what? In, in my wise, you know, age, 
I learned three things. The three things you don't debate. You don't debate religion. You don't debate politics. And you don't debate sports. Why? Because all three of those things bring out emotional, uh, bring out emotional intensity from people. And, and honestly, there is no right or wrong. I'm saying that because, bro, how hard, you talk about puppets, how hard is it to get ardent sports fans around free agency where there's no fucking sports on TV? How hard is it, ooh, to get me interested and in, in involved and, and like look at, it's not, you're not manipulating, you, you have a captive audience, you know it, and so you're playing with people. There's manipulation, and then there's just like, you know, just dicking around just for fuck shits and giggles. And it'd be, look, if, it, if he was such a puppet master, then why do we see the strings? Like, everyone's called him on all the bullshit. He's doing that to show you <laughs> that he is the puppet master. Okay. Because how would you know okay. that he was the puppet master okay. if you didn't see him holding the string? <laughs> Kyrie Irving, my good friend, who I refer to as Alan Open Your Third Iverson. Oh, my God. No. Is the true puppet master. You think... Who would who would say this many stupid things to prove he was smart <laughs> if he wasn't the puppet master? Oh. This is a man who said the earth was flat. Mm -hmm. He said that I don't really even know his argument against vaccines. I just assume it was some more puppet mastery. Mm, or, he he yeah. said he needed time away from work, didn't play so that he could go to his own birthday party. Mm. And now... He's told the media one thing and done the exact opposite. Right. It does not get even like that's next level okay. smart. But like you're busy playing chess, I guess. And we're all just playing checkers. Is that what it is? That's what he's doing. That's what it is. That's okay. what he's doing. Yeah. I don't I don't really see it as much. I think it's someone who's who is um, intellectually. Um, he needs stimulation. Obviously, he's not reading books. He's probably on YouTube half the time uh, listening to Flat Earth. There's another uh, inane conspiracy theories. Probably the reason why he didn't get the vaccine as well. Um, no, I think he needs to to really think about maybe. Uh, being entertained by things like maybe reading and, 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 and investing in research more. I think he's bored. He reminds me of a bored child in school. So they act out just to get attention from the teachers. You know, they need to feel validated. I think, I do think this, let me be real, real quick. I think Kyrie, talk about bus drivers and, and all that other stuff. I think Kyrie wants to be seen as the man. I think that's why he left Cleveland, left LeBron, right? And I think that's why he left, well, part of the reason why he may, may have left Boston Kyrie wants to be seen as a leader, a thought leader, but he's always going to be in no shade, the Solange to LeBron's Beyonce. And he has not come to grips with the limitations of his, his, uh, his, his influence or his impact. He has a, a great place in basketball history. It's one of the best guards of that we've ever seen. Um, all of that. And I think he forfeited a lot of, 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 um, Forfeit a lot of goodwill from people who want to root for him, me included, by doubling down on bullshit conspiracy theories and also by vilifying people who are really just trying to help him out. And I just don't really, I don't really dig that. No, I, so I can't defend him anymore. I that know. was very hard for I me. Know, I know. But I think I you're made right. Some, I he, made some good points. In and that. he he really does sound like <laughs> someone who who got to college and went to like one philosophy class yeah. and now he knows it all. Yeah. And he. Like you said, he was on the path. Hit, 
Uncle his, Drew his, movies oh, were funny. They were cute. I, I don't even like what movie, watching movies like that. And I'm like, he was cute. The shoes. Should I remember him on the cover of, uh, was it Fruity Pebbles or Cocoa Pebbles? Yeah. So who even knows if he is allowed to eat those now with yeah. his beliefs? I don't yeah. know what he, what he thinks about the preservatives. The, yeah. but, but you're right. He seems to, he's really wanting to be this big mm-hmm. figure and he's really struggling that that's just not what's meant for him. Think about the bubble. Think about the bubble. He was so, and he didn't even play in the fucking, he didn't even play in the bubble, but he, and I noticed, I noticed from personal experience, when you're frustrated with the state of something, you comment on everything all the time. Yeah. When you're, fr- like, that's what, that's what Shaq and, 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 and Barkley and all those are, they, they're, they're, they really missed it. You could tell Shaq and Barkley missed the game to some degree. Yeah. Maybe more so Shaq. They missed that, that, that day-to-day life. And I think in the bubble, you saw Kyrie comment on how people protested, on what they should support. Then you saw him donating all this money. This he was trying, and, and who was the leader? Who was the, you know, problematic a little bit? But who was the leader in the bubble? It was LeBron. Yeah, LeBron was having all these these talks, these conversations with leaders, and getting people to vote and set up voter this, that, and the third. And he resents that. He resents. This is something about Kyrie has to do some work on himself. He resists that what people have earned through their own, like on their own merit. LeBron earned a lot of that public goodwill and trust. Kyrie, you you don't because you're not you're not LeBron. You don't have that. You don't have the cute kids and the wife and the you know rags the richest story like him. You don't yeah. have that. You don't you know. And I think he resents people who are who, who where that comes a little easier to people. Yeah, and it reminds me of I read earlier this year Scottie Pippen's autobiography. Yeah. Oh, okay. The probably the most famous <laughs> second yeah. Uh, yeah. secondary player number two option. Yeah, yeah. in NBA history, yeah. and the whole thing was just Scottie complaining about this label, <sighs> and this is a man who's had a decorated career. Like right. calling him a second option isn't a knock on right. his game and his legacy. You could tell he wanted to be a primary player. Yes, and yeah. it's eating up at him, and I see that happening in real time, like you said, to Kyrie. Right, right. Where you just can't accept, like, some stuff is not for you, but you can still be the best in your role. And can we uh, also, like, I know each generation is different. Like, I know 90s basketball where there were more big men. Um, I, Well, Shaq broke the mold because big men were never that marketable before no. Shaq, Right. Um, but, but I, I just, I guess this might not, this might fall flat, but yeah, Kyrie doesn't look at things like, okay, the position you play, how you play, like he doesn't look at like what factors and he doesn't do enough self-reflection as to why he's not that big alpha. Why, why is he not looked upon as a thought leader? And then I think in trying to find something, he grasps at anything, including pseudoscience and bullshit. Yeah. He's. He's out here trying to be a champion, but he doesn't really know right. what he's being the champion of. When you're, like, when cause. You, yeah, and when you're a leader, seriously, when you're a leader, um, there are people around you that hold you accountable. If you're a good leader, you have people around you that hold you accountable. Not people around who who cover your shit. You have people around you who hold you accountable. For all my criticism of LeBron, and there are serious criticisms I have of LeBron, he seems to be surrounded by people who's going who are going to keep him grounded. Um, I, I feel like Kyrie is very anti-authority, period. Yeah. And I, and I mean that from the NBA to the whole, oh, that stupid quote about not needing a coach. 
Um, yeah. Everyone needs leadership. Yeah. Everyone needs needs help. Everyone needs assistance and perspective. I still call my mom and my my dad for their perspective on tough things in my life. So to think that you can just be your own leader is, and that's something that's that's not even exclusive to sports or athletes. You're seeing that and you know proliferate through society. People don't believe in leaders. They challenge everything that's authoritative, and that's Kyrie, and that'll get you really down this dark path of again subscribing to bullshit science and a lot of false prophets and i think that's where Kyrie is i think he's waking up a little bit but after the puppet comments i don't we're gonna see so yeah. that's actually a great point as we slide back into yeah. traditional beyond sorry y'all we would yeah we, i mean not sorry but yeah no, we were just y'all, to, congratulations yeah, that's you're right. welcome you got a little teaser as to what what's ahead of this is where this is where we're headed next that's yeah. right that's the new iteration <laughs> yes so headed back into beyond the arc i think the accountability seems to be what's sticking out to me in this old media versus new media uh, conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of the, the comments from the players today come off as I don't really like being held accountable. That's it. Right. And like, look, I'm rooting for, I'm, I was rooting and am still rooting for Draymond. He's been one of the louder voices in this whole new, he's the one using the phrase new media, which I don't think is, is necessarily as descriptive as it needs to be. Yeah. Um, you know, again, it's punditry, it's commentary. Um, players have been doing that since the beginning of, of these, of these games or whatever. Um, but so when voices like Draymond emerge, what I'm hearing from him specifically uh, is not, again, it, it, yes, it's pushing back on, on criticism that he feel are unfair, but I also feel like what Draymond is doing is trying not to be beholden to authority or not, not being able to, yeah, I, I would say that Shaq is a sports authority, whether I agree with him or not, he is a sports authority, not the, but he is a voice that I'm going to listen to given his experiences and whatnot. feels like the, this new crop of player who, who are running to this podcast equipment, they don't really respect that for some reason, or they don't really acknowledge uh, people that I think maybe because they are, they are in the same fraternity. They're not as like impressed by a Shaq or, you know, a Charles perhaps. That's a good thought because I think what, what's funny to me about a lot of Draymond's criticisms of old media right. is that a lot of the people he's going at are former players. Right, right, right. So, so it's like, huh, uh -huh. what's going on? And then uh, I know some of his criticisms have been around the hot take culture right. and tearing down people personally. Yeah. Right. But then, like, just this week, he had to apologize because he called Kendrick Perkins a coon. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Get out of here. So he went that far? He called him a coon. Oh, no. And he did, to his credit, he apologized, okay. said he was wrong. That's um, horrible, yeah. But a lot of his criticisms, to me, are things that he's also doing himself. Right. And so I don't want new media to fall into that trap to where they're just repeating the mistakes, but it's just yeah. the players have more control of the narrative right. in the new media. And that's the thing. And, and I think, it, it, and I do believe, I think most people could see this. And um, Howard Bryant always talks about this. There isn't enough representation from journalists. And you can tell, like, like Draymond is not, a, he's not even interested in really learning the craft of being a professional communicator, as I call it. And I think that's the first misstep because it's easy to then, to then disqualify any critique you get, whether it's from uh, Kendrick Perkins, a former player, or from uh, Stephen A. Smith. It's easy to disqualify any type of opinion if you don't really respect the craft and understand the role that these, play, these, these people are playing. As to your earlier point with Stephen A. talking to J.J. Reddick. So yeah. that's another... Mm -hmm. 
Draymond inconsistency to me yes. because one of his things is if you didn't if you didn't play the game you can't comment on it but then he's going after former athletes but then okay well if if you didn't come up in media then how can you be media right well, couldn't we just turn that around on him yeah exactly and I think Nick Wright also another one that's out here hot taking it for the check and yeah. I, I love I love Nick I, I actually like Nick because he I'm, he's in on it. Like, he gets it. He absolutely knows what he's doing. And his commentary, I didn't know he had a podcast with his son, but I watched it. The, the YouTube algorithm just played it, autoplay, and I see him with his son, and they're going through, they're doing a podcast, and he's talking about how Dray, Draymond's already in reruns. He's reaction whole old dirt because there's nothing to talk about. And, and so what, what, why did Nick bring it up? Because it's hard to come out every day, rain or shine, in between seasons, and keep and keep a discussion going and make it, uh, you know, headline material. It's hard to do what Nick does. It's hard to do what Charles does and what Kenny does. It's hard to do what Stephen A does. And I think that's the first misstep from the Draymonds is when you kind of discredit. It's a craft. The good ones make it a craft. Because it looks it looks easy. It's it like look, I can get I can get on TV and that's talk. That's what you said to me, right? Yeah, I was like, like, hey, we go ahead and do this. He was like, hey, I got this iPhone. I could just talk in this, right? What, like, do we even really need all this? Like, <laughs> come on. What's mastering? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll just release it however. Yeah. And that's really like what you do on mic'd up every day. Coming yeah. with new content that's engaging every day like you said you do Stephen a like that is not this is not a game like this is hard even on a weekly basis for me yeah and i think as you said draymond's already in reruns yes right and and i just want to say thank you thank you not because you gassed me up just now but it's real it is hard people think it's easy to just jump up and i so i live stream what two hours live every morning from eight to ten and maybe a little bit more this week was a hell of a lot more and it's not easy. It's not easy to not only cover the material, but then um, factor in some other things. And, and, and then you have sources and people giving you information and talking to reporters behind the scenes. And it's not as, as easy. And I think people think it's easy because it just looks like a, you know, a woman. Well, she's up there talking like she's whatever. Just, she's just saying stuff, spicy stuff. Right. They don't see what goes into it. And I think that's going to be I tell this to anyone. If you have an adversary. Never, ever, ever discount them. Always, always get just just respect your opponent. You got to. Yeah, and Draymond just I don't know why he hasn't grasped that as a former athlete, but he's just not respecting his opponent. What I don't even know if they're opposition, but maybe yeah. Yeah, I don't really think they are, and I think he he just like you yeah. said, he doesn't respect the craft yet. Not I don't yet. think I think he's starting to right. the the craft will make you respect it. Yeah, and he's he's around like when especially when he does make that full transition to TNT or, and whatever into volume sports and being a full time you know talker. He's he definitely has access to all the training, media training, and and production training. He he has that. I hope he really lets it sink in because it hasn't really sunken in yet. And to kind of wrap things yeah. up mm -hmm. um, yeah. with with Draymond, one of his arguments too, and this mm -hmm. has been a big thing with the with the Roe versus Wade uh, decision becoming official, mm -hmm. is he is anti. He he says I I want unbiased media members. Oh God, that and is... that's that always makes me yeah. just because he because I I think he's lying because yeah. first of all right. he. He has a bias himself, right. and he's wanting analytics guys to, to be at the forefront of media because he's someone whose game needs that next-level analysis uh, to truly be appreciated. Oh, that's why he's okay. Uh. So 
your thoughts on bias in media. It's right. Like, it's, it's not it's not real. How like, do you, like how do you avoid bias in media as a human? I guess is my question. Yeah, you and I have had this conversation, I think, with regard to, you know, the people's beat and us being media entrepreneurs and working together on Beyond the Arc specifically. There is no everyone has bias. There is no um, perfect scenario where people just give these pure opinions that don't insult anyone. It's, it's um, that I think Draymond is asking for requiring from most people something that does not exist. And I think he's not alone with that. I think even, um, I, I I really, we didn't even get into this. I do not like LeBron James's his, his, what is it? Um, is it undisputed? Is it, his um whole brand of media, all the the shop and the and okay. and he has his own like I know how Derek Jeter came out with the Players Tribune that was supposed to be unbi- it was supposed to be the players, players narrative and all that and LeBron is doing the same thing where he's creating his own production houses his his, his production house is creating these these um properties. And it's the same thing where they bypass accountability and go straight to people who just love on them. And as someone who is a huge LeBron James fan, a bigger Savannah James fan, but like um, as a as a big LeBron James fan, nah, bro, like like you you made a living off of facing challenges as a player. Why the fuck wouldn't you want that in your professional life? I don't know. Amen. Okay. So <laughs> as we wrap up with Mika's last. Uh, oh. Regular episode. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep saying that, speak it into existence. Yeah. So we'll be back. Yes. Uh, thank you. I do think that we are part of new media. Yes. And I thank you for setting me up to continue <laughs> doing this. And so, like, what I'm seeking to do is continue what we've done. And I think we've we've been entertaining. Yeah. We've been informative. And I think we need that. We've been genuine, which yes. I think is the key. Genuine and transparency. Yes. Yes. matter more than this this concept of being impartial or no, unbiased. No, I think people want transparency more than anything. I know that from me and my experience, that's what people have. You know, there's a level of yeah, you have to help your audience manage expectations, manage what they what they'll, you know, manage what they want from you because you can't give them everything. But at the same time, I know what they've asked of me because it's a two-way street. And yeah. That's what you really need to remember. Draymond is being very, um, what's the word, uh, self, um, it, it, it benefits him. The narrative benefits him if it's his narrative, but it's a two-way street. I don't like to have one-sided conversations. And I imagine that your listeners on Beyond the Arc, they don't want to have one-sided conversations either. So we try to give them that. Yep. Yeah. And so I'm going to keep giving it to you and we're going to wrangle Mika back on here every so often as well when she's not running the city of Charleston That's right. and getting rid of all my old parking tickets. <laughs> Look at the corruption already. God hey. damn it. Hey. <laughs> You've been watching The Wire. I have been watching The Wire. I was about to drop it, but I didn't want to drop it. (laughs) 